0: Welcome to the Big Yellow School Bus, and here's your host, Jack Cobb, with Murray County Public Schools.
1: Welcome to the Big Yellow School Bus, Murray County Public Schools talk radio show and podcast on 101.7 FM WKOM. We are brought to you by Caledonian Financial. We're going to have a great show today, Coach. We've got... The Boys and Girls Club of South Central Tennessee in the, on the, in the studio and our newest director at Murray County Public Schools, Miss Leslie Crawford, who is the director of Special Populations. I'll go around the room. Welcome, Leslie.
2: Thank you so much. It's great to be here.
1: I've come by and I've visited so many times with you and I'm so happy to see you get this opportunity to lead the special populations at Murray County Public Schools. I, I know that's a great honor for you.
2: It is. It, it's it's sudden, and I have big shoes to fill, but I'm excited.
1: Yeah, I think um, you and I and most people thought Lisa would be right back in her role of director of special populations, but somebody's seen the good going on in Lisa, and they decided she had bigger
3: plans.
2: That's right. I'm still a little little angry with her. She promised she'd be back.
3: Be back,
1: so right?
2: <laughs> I'm excited for Murray County Well, Public she School. she
3: is still here yeah, yeah. it's
2: not is, like she left this but she's not right next to me anymore <laughs> no, she's not she's still my boss though so that's great oh,
1: yeah she's like everyone's boss but she it was a great choice as is you are a great choice for this Thank job you. because you've worked with Lisa and you know that department well and there's some things you're going to share with us about what goes on in your department and Lisa's been on the show and for a whole episode told all about special populations in our district and it was very informative in fact one of one of my favorite shows that my daughter listened to in East Tennessee who's a teacher said wow who was that lady and she really liked it it was a lot of fun also with us is today is Boys and Girls Club of South Central Tennessee. I have Mr. Josh Campbell. He is the Chief Operations Officer and slash Interim CEO. Welcome, Josh. Hey,
4: thank you so much.
1: Josh, I don't think I've uh, had any experience with you. I've had some uh, time on the Boys and Girls Club Board of Directors. I think I did about five years there. I met Lauren back in 2015, I think it was, maybe 14. Um, and had a great time uh, being on that board and, and it was uh, probably one of the highlights of my, my my volunteerism, I guess you say, because you know, it was a volunteer job. I just learned so much and I, I got to do so much. It was at a point when the, the the organization was still fairly small. I think we had a teen center and a and a kids center. Yep. And then we were into the schools. And now you guys, I'm I'm sure you're going to tell me all about it. You guys are everywhere.
4: Yeah, all over the place.
1: I mean, literally, the South Central Tennessee Boys and
4: Girls Club. Yeah, we run sites in Murray County as well as Giles County now.
1: That's amazing. The growth is phenomenal. I really am happy to see that. So also with you today from Boys and Girls Club of South Central Tennessee is Lauren Laporte, She's the Chief Development Officer and also Slash Interim CEO. Welcome, Lauren.
5: Thank you, Jack. It's good to be here.
1: Yeah, it's good to have you back on the show. I know I've called you sometimes, I think I call you at the last minute every time, and I say, or I text her, and I say, hey, what are you doing tomorrow? Because I have something come up or and a, and a guest can't make it. Um, and Lauren's always happy to come and share what's going on at the Boys and Girls Club here locally and Today, we're going to talk a little bit about what's going on in the summertime because we're in the spring, late spring right now, and things are really heating up. We're getting ready to start summer camps. There's just so many great opportunities for kids that still need learning this summer in our school districts. But I'm going to go back back around the room here and come over back to Leslie and talk to you a little bit, Leslie, about special special populations and 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 this job role that you've just taken on tell us a little bit about our listening audience what is it that you guys handle and do for the Murray county public schools
2: yes as you know federal law um is called idea individuals with disabilities education act um is uh, the law of the land in this great country and so What it requires us to do in the educational system is to um, identify children who uh, may qualify for educational disabilities. It's a little bit different than the medical model. Tennessee has 16 educational disabilities that we evaluate for. So when um, anyone suspects a student of having an educational disability, uh, it could be a parent, it could be a teacher. Anyone in the school, we will convene a support team and try to work through what are the issues, sit down and talk about what have we tried? What do we need to try? Um, and then we, we just determine, do we suspect that educational disability? If we do, we have um, a wonderful professional group of certifying specialists that assess. Um, they are employees of Murray County Public Schools. They are school psychologists. They are speech-language pathologists. They are OTs, PTs, physical therapists, occupational we therapists. We acronyms. I know. I, I've got to watch myself. Um, we have a lot of acronyms in special education. But we have we we evaluate, and then we determine if the student is eligible. Now, what makes this different from the medical model is there's two prongs to eligibility for special education. First, is you do have to meet the standards, but second, is it educationally relevant. So you may have um, a disability like dyslexia. But if it is not significantly impacting your academics, then that is something that, that special education would not serve, that would be served through another uh, problem-solving model in the in the school system.
1: So it would likely be handled right in the classroom? Yes, okay, yes. Or so through response
2: to intervention model. RTI. Interven- yes, yeah. yes.
1: Another yes. one of those nice acronyms. That's RTI, right. RTI. to intervention. <laughs> and we are very lucky in our district to have numerous schools that are gold, in RTI, which means they've gone above and beyond and have been certified as a school that knows how to take care of these kids and helps them out and does great things to make sure they succeed. Yes, they do. Now, I'm going to tie this this conversation in with the Boys and Girls Club because I'm sure, Josh or Lauren, that you guys are doing some of the same things and you have something similar at the Boys and Girls Club, right?
5: Yeah, so... A lot of folks don't realize it since it's not our only mission, but we are serving a lot of kids with different abilities when you come into our locations. And when you look at the numbers, about a third of our population typically is experiencing any variety of those, whether it's the educational disabilities Leslie is referring to, or just some sort of different ability or whatever it may be. But we integrate them into our program. Of course, we aren't able to staff one-to-one, and we that's not our model. We're one-to-20, so we okay. the kids have to be able to function in the group setting, but we make sure that they are included in our programs. We'll make modifications when we can so everyone can participate make sure that no kid is sitting alone in the corner by themselves without being involved, and the kids themselves are great at treating each other with respect and making sure everyone is included and – They are genuinely accepting at the Boys and Girls Club, so we do everything we can to make accommodations and make sure we are available for all kids to the best of our ability.
1: Yeah, and for our listening audience that might not know, the Boys and Girls Club of South Central Tennessee is a partner of Murray County Public Schools and has locations in how many schools now?
5: I think we have 11 or 12 school-based sites. and then
1: potentially 12 schools. Of our twenty three schools, well, twenty one brick and mortar schools, you have a, a, a in location the school, in the school. So and the
5: other at, ones are being bused to one of our facilities after school. So okay. we're serving the whole school district. Before so you and serve after the
1: school. okay, I got it. Okay, so they serve the whole district, but they have twelve potential locations in Murray County Public Schools brick and mortar buildings.
5: Mm-hmm. The staff, the Boys and Girls Club program, everything is going on just in the school.
1: That's pretty amazing, and that's that's a great partnership right there between Murray County Public Schools and Boys and Girls Club of South Central Tennessee. Um, it's not only a way to, like, if you have a job and you can't be there right after school, it helps with that at portion of it, portion of it but it also enhances their education because the program that you guys provide is not just babysitting. It's um, curriculum-driven, right? Mm-hmm. Do you want to elaborate
4: a little bit more maybe on what that might be, Josh? So we have three priority outcomes that all of our programs center around. Uh, Academic success, obviously, is one of the big ones. In the summer, uh, the way we're addressing that is through a very strong focus on literacy. Um, And then we also have healthy lifestyles and character and and leadership development as the the other two core outcome areas that all of our programs kind of hinge on.
1: Yeah, I think I was um, a leader, and when I joined the club, I, Dr. Easlick Daniels somehow roped me into being character and citizenship leader mm-hmm. for the club on the board, and we did cool things like fishing trips, and you know, there's just a lot of things we did that got the kids to do things they weren't accustomed to doing. It was a lot of fun. Um, so this partnership is vital to this to this community, to this public school system to have the Boys and Girls Club, they're enhancing and helping out and being our great partner for Murray County Public Schools. So back to you, Leslie, let's, let's talk a little bit about, now you said that there was 16 different classifications for special populations in our district. That's a whole lot.
2: That is, that is, it it is a lot, but there um, are so many needs out there and The federal government sets a guideline for those, and then Tennessee has two uh, other uh, disabilities that they added on there, one of those being intellectually gifted and the other being um, a category called functional delay. And so uh, Tennessee actually has two extra than the federal government um, requires for us to identify.
1: That's interesting. That's that's, that's a lot to keep your – to keep your head around to, to be able to manage.
2: It is, you know.
1: Is. I, I look at what you guys do, and there's only a, in the central office environment. There's like three or four, maybe five people that are directly tied to special populations.
2: Yes, in the central office area, yeah. but but we, have a, we have a we have a wonderful. Um, district-wide staff of school psychologists. We have facilitating teachers who have specialty areas. So one deals with preschool, everything, um, preschool, when we have to transition children from early intervention to Mm -hmm. the school system at age three. A lot of people don't know that we do that.
1: I didn't know we did that. The
2: school system becomes responsible for children at age three, three to 21. So we have to work with Tennessee early intervention system to transition those kids at age three. So we have a, a teacher that is dedicated to that. We also have um, behavior facilitators that work with students with challenging behaviors. Um, and then, of course, we have our vast army of special education teachers and special education assistants who, I mean, we couldn't do any of this without them.
1: Yeah, they are truly a blessing. Um, a friend of mine is a, been had been a special education teacher, and I believe he's coming back as a special education teacher. And he just has a passion for it. He, he, he knows what's needed and what needs to be done, and he really connects with these students. And sometimes it's really hard. You know, I, I think about special populations sometimes, and I think savants and gifted, because sometimes you have somebody—I had a cousin that was blind, and, and, and she really had some disorders that made her special population, right? But, man, could she sing? But she couldn't talk. But she could sing. You try to kinda of conversation like, uh, uh, uh you know, that's all you could get out of her. But you put some music on and man, she was like I don't know, it was just amazing.
2: Yeah, and we you know, that's what we like to focus on is a strengths-based approach because oftentimes when we are evaluating for an educational disability and when we're when we're developing that individualized education program, that IEP, we're focusing on what needs to get better. But we have to take a step back and really look what is already going on that this what what positive attributes does this child already have that we need to capitalize on. Uh, and that is part of the IEP development process. We're looking at that child's strengths and what what do they have? What assets do they have already? Of course, we're looking at what do we need to teach and build in and help with the weaknesses. But what is every child has has strengths. And so focusing on that is, is a big priority for us.
1: I have to uh, believe that's so true in every child. I I look at my grandkids now because I'm a little older. My kids are grown, but I'm watching them, and I'm I'm seeing things and going, oh, I know what they're going to be good at. I can almost guess right now maybe my grandson might become an engineer. He loves numbers. He likes mechanical. He likes building stuff. Maybe he has that mindset when he gets older, if he stays thinking like that, to become an engineer. I mean, he's young right now. He's just in middle school, but... I see those kind of things in my grandkids and you try to identify them and they're not special populations, but they've got those special gifts. And if you could just build on them. So we buy at Christmas time, actually I, I go crazy with Legos and I buy him a lot of Legos because, and we put together this, um, Marvel universe glove, um, Lego thing. And it said the ages were 18 years old and up to put it together. He aced this thing by himself without help and put it together in about four hours.
2: whatever works
1: I'm like wow i <laughs>
2: I couldn't, right. I couldn't right.
1: put it together myself yeah. and and it's it's one of those legos that's functional, like hands fingers move and everything I mean you can't actually wear it as a glove, but it's really intricate, and I see these things in in children and especially my my own grandkids and stuff so I feel that being in special populations in itself for the individual teaching and administering is kind of a gift in itself.
2: It is and, and, and in it, it, you do have to have a passion for it because Absolutely. it is hard work and and not to say that the general education side of thing is not hard work but this is hard work. Um students can can be challenging. Um especially when we have behavior issues and um you know, if you really want to get under my skin, first thing is call a child bad. This child is bad. There there are no bad children. There are children with difficulties and behavioral difficulties mm-hmm. and issues. And that's where that asset-based approach comes in. There is something positive about that kid. So helping, helping that teacher to see okay, yes, they are challenging and right. we're tired, but there is so much positive about this child that and we can tap into.
1: What It would be such a breakthrough to discover what that one thing or things are that that student or that child is gifted at and able to really, really excel at. And sometimes, well, you mentioned something and I wrote it down here, the strength space approach. I think I said that right, strength space approach. Yeah, I thought that was an interesting way to look at working with um, special populations because the strengths are, are huge. And we don't do that, I think, in everyday education because we have curriculums and we try to make sure everybody understands what's going on so they're prepared for their next years and the next years and finally to go out into the population. But I like that that approach, the strength space approach. Could you tell me a little bit more about that?
2: Yeah, I always, I always tell teachers and, and people that I work with is, if in your job do you constantly – like to hear about your failures (laughs) do you constantly like to hear about what you're not doing good enough and that's no we like to we like to hear that positive and and it's the same way for kids kids are no different they if we constantly say well you can't read you can't read you can't read you gotta you know gotta try harder gotta try harder it's gonna
1: think they can't read right
2: the the motivation factor goes away and it's we're the exact same way and in working for things that they're good at using an economy you know i wouldn't Really, I mean, I love what I do, but if I didn't get paid, I'd really give it a second thought. Absolutely, that's my reward. And yeah. so, looking at how do we reward the positives when kids just show up every day and mm. give it a try? How do we reward that?
1: You, you know what you just said reminds me of I got a new dog. Right, he's seven months old now. It's a labradoodle. Um, labs are kind of high strong and, but they're very reward driven. Okay, so and even without a reward like a treat or something. Just the tone of your voice will make him want to do something more and more and more and recognizing what he's doing good. Um, so I have a lot of fun with training my dog. And it's not you're training the children, but you're recognizing those strengths. Is that what you're meaning?
2: Yes. Yeah. yeah. Human behavior is human behavior. Absolutely. And anywhere you go, any country you go to, anywhere, it's, it's human
5: behavior.
1: Yeah, I might share a little bit more about some human behavior I just got an email about um, after the break. Um Toby got a couple minutes left here. Um, I, I, I really am impressed with this SSA. And that's my acronym. I just made it up because I don't like saying sp- strength space approach. Um, because I think it's so vital and so important to open your eyes and see and recognize what these children are doing. And to be able to identify it. That's got to be a huge part of breakthrough to be able to say, we know that you're, you know, talking to a parent, we know that your son really excels when we do this. And then you can relay that to the home and say, here's maybe what we can do to help here. Do you guys do a lot of intervention and talk with the parents?
2: Yes. Yes. Parent participation is one of the things that is required for the um, IEP process. And so um, we encourage that.
1: Okay, we're about to go to break. Explain to me the acronym IEP.
2: It's Individualized Education Program. It's all right. So it's basis a, of what we do,
1: and special populations. Every special population student has an IEP. Yes. All right. We'll right. talk more after the break. We are here with the big on the big yellow school bus, school bus with Boys and Girls Club of South Central Tennessee and Leslie Crawford, with the director of special populations. We'll be back in just a moment.
0: don't go away. Big Yellow School Bus with your host, Jack Cobb with Murray County Public Schools will be right back after these messages from our sponsors.
1: This is Jack Cobb with Murray County Public Schools and the Big Yellow School Bus. You're listening to Front Porch Radio on 101.7 WKOM in Columbia, Tennessee.
0: We go
3: this is Clayton Harris and you're listening to 101.7 WKOM Columbia
0: welcome back you're listening to the big yellow school bus with your host Jack Cobb with Murray County Public Schools
1: Welcome back to the Big Yellow School Bus, brought to you by Caledonian Financial. We are on 101.7 FM and at FrontPorchRadioTN.com for the podcast. And you can stop in and list of those anytime, 24-7. They're usually posted the day after the radio broadcast. We are here with Boys and Girls Club of South Central Tennessee and Director of Special Populations, Leslie Carford. Leslie, let's talk a little bit with our friends from the Boys and Girls Club, because it is so important to have these kind of um, relationships with community partners like the Boys and Girls Club. And I have a little history with them because I served on their board of directors for five years. Some of the best learning experience I have uh, I've ever had. I think that was my kickoff to being a board member. I had never been on a board before. And now I serve on four and I'm president of one. So, I mean, it's just something that got ingrained in me by being with the Boys and Girls Club. So, Lauren, tell me a little bit about, you know, when I came on the Boys and Girls Club, we weren't very big, were we?
5: No, we had six full-time staff members, two locations starting in 2013. We opened our second location in 2013, so we had... Uh, kindergarten through fifth grade center at Wayne street. And then our teen center in downtown Columbia serving just about a couple hundred kids a year. So at the time
1: we were doing great things back then and, and you hired in, in what year
5: I started 2013
1: and I came on board at the boys and girls club as a board of director, as a director in 2014. That's when I met Lauren and I, we were just so excited about the things that were happening in our community And I was so excited after listening to a testimonial by uh, Puckett's owner, Mr. Andy Marshall, and his time with the Boys and Girls Club. Well, back in his day, it was called the Boys Club. And he told his story about, you know, him going there when he was growing up and how it influenced him. And he became a very successful entrepreneur and started the Puckett's franchise and many others since then. So we were basically two facilities and, would you say, eight employees?
5: Six full-time employees and At maybe time, like six. eight part-time folks.
1: Were you full-time when I met you?
5: Yeah, I was started as an AmeriCorps VISTA, so it was a grant the organization had, and I was getting like a monthly stipend to work full-time for them as the like data specialist.
1: Yeah, you were doing some amazing things. I remember sitting in those early board meetings thinking, wow, how does she get all this data? <laughs> so obviously over the years, um, all the what you were doing became an integral part of the growth and it was, it was, a way to prove that we needed to do more and we needed more money and we could do this Mm -hmm. stuff and that stuff.
5: We had a long waiting list when we had just those two sites. We realized we needed to be doing more. So I was able to grow my responsibilities and grow with the organization, but we also, as an organization, went through explosive growth when we went into the school district in 2016 and took us from serving just 400 kids over the course of a calendar year to now 1,200 kids every year across 14 locations.
1: Yeah, that's 1,200 kids now. Mm-hmm. and how many staff
5: 80 plus
1: wow that's a big difference from the beginning when when I first came on board and when you first came on board mm-hmm. and and now you're serving multiple counties you have Giles county and yes. Murray County are you branching out anywhere east and west
5: that's our long-term vision that was part of our changing our organization name to South Central Tennessee. All the counties around here in the South Central Tennessee district, there aren't any other clubs except for Rutherford. And then, of course, Nashville and Franklin are part of Middle Tennessee's Boys and Girls Club. But our hope is to eventually expand across this area and reach the kids who, of course, need programs like Boys and Girls Clubs in the counties around us.
1: Is there um, a club in Lawrenceburg?
5: Nope, not in Lawrenceburg, Lewisburg, none of those. That seems like
1: areas that are prime places to mm-hmm. set up a club and <clears throat> help people, help the students there um, after this after school and enhance their education. So I really hope that you were able to reach out east and west and get to Lawrenceburg, Lewisburg. Um, I don't know how well it works in the smaller communities, like uh, say a Chapel Hill or not. I think you have to have a certain amount of availability for to really have the club set up at those locations so and shout out and kudos to you guys for everything you've done over the years to get where you're at today
5: Mm -hmm. and we couldn't do it without our partners at the school district
1: well thank you and uh, vice versa we couldn't continue to provide such great opportunities for the students here if we didn't have partners like boys and girls club of south central tennessee um the fact that you know there the curriculum is so enhanced and there's so much tutoring going on after school for kids in need that's huge yeah. i mean th- to be able to succeed you've got to be able to understand and and if you have opportunities like this and and i believe boys and girls club is still prorated and uh, income based you know as far as the cost to be able to participate
5: yeah we have a sliding scale so every family is paying what they can afford to pay we have financial aid and full scholarship available upon request and if they ask for it of course we're going to work with them we're never going to turn a family away right and about 50 percent or more of the families are receiving some level of support and aid towards those membership fees
1: all right so josh campbell Tell us a little bit about your what you do for the organization. You're the chief operating officer. you also uh, slash interim ce- CEO with Ms. Laporte. Tell us a little bit about what you do for the organization. I, I, I don't think we met when I was on the board, but I think I've been in there a couple times since and seen you around yeah. the facility. So um, give us an insight, what's going on for you in the CEO, COO position.
4: Yeah, absolutely. Well, I actually started with another Boys and Girls Club in 2004. So uh, I've worked with clubs in Michigan and Hawaii, and then in 2017, uh, my wife got relocated to Nashville, and then that's when I joined the South Central Tennessee team. Hold on,
1: let's back up here. You were in Hawaii... With the Boys and Girls Club, and you're in Tennessee now?
4: Yes, sir. That that was a tough gig. Yeah, that had to be tough. (laughs) The weather, I tell you. Oh, my Lord, the
1: weather, I mean, the water, I mean, I don't know if I could handle being there and having to do something other than enjoy it all, Um, but that caught me off guard when you said you were in in Hawaii, and and even Michigan, I used to live in Michigan, Um, beautiful state, Um, the Great Lakes are amazing. But I'm going back to that Hawaii idea. If I'm working in
4: Hawaii, I don't know if I'd ever want to leave there, maybe. Yeah. Well, you know, the tough thing about Hawaii is, is there's never really anyone passing through. Like, you go to Hawaii for a reason. It's 2,500 miles off the coast and a little far away from Bam. Yeah, so. basically it's tourism.
1: Yep. <laughs> That's the the main um, um, uh, main. Uh, what do you call it? Uh, uh, draw, I guess. Industry. Industry. Thank you, go. Coach. You knew what I was looking for. Um, the main industry of Hawaii would be uh, tourism. Um, I'm sure there's some agricultural stuff there, too. Um, but anyway, we'll get off Hawaii, even though it does really sound like a lot of fun. I might have to someday plan a trip to Hawaii. Um, what? Where were you at in Michigan? Because I'm from Michigan. Kalamazoo. So, I've so, been to Kalamazoo. Yeah,
4: it's yeah. really fun to say, isn't it?
1: <laughs> it's it's an amazing Kalamazoo. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so you were at Boys and Girls Club there also.
4: Yep, yeah, absolutely.
1: So I was I would lived in Lansing, so it was just down the road from Kalamazoo. Yeah. Um, so you've been associated with the Boys and Girls Club now for many years.
4: Yeah, absolutely. And uh, when I joined the team here at South Central Tennessee. I really had a, a focus on program quality because, uh, like Lauren was saying, we, we went through some very explosive growth, uh, and with those that growth came a little bit of growing pain. So we've been very intentional about uh, working on our staff training team and, and the development of um, our program delivery to, to really increase the product that we're, we're giving to the families.
1: That's cool. Um, I, I think that's vital to this this growth that we're experiencing even in our county right now, we were last week I had superintendent Ventura on the show and we were talking about, you know, one of the barometers she's seen in growth was our downtown area, mm-hmm. how vital it is and how, how, how much it's grown. And, and, you know, with the growth you're coming, you know, with the program quality, uh, um, specifics you're talking about and all the growth that's coming to the county, they're going to continue to grow. And if, if it was 2014, it's 2022, so that's eight years. Over the next eight years, could be doubled again. Absolutely. I mean, the growth is coming. Yeah. So thank you for being uh, the Chief Operating Officer and coming from Hawaii all the way to Middle Tennessee, mm-hmm. ultimately, to work with this group here. Um, anything else there? I see you got some notes in front of you handed to you. Oh, Anything good there?
4: Yeah, we definitely, uh, for the summer, we've already got 500 families enrolled, 500 active members uh, signed up. And we've, we've got a bit of a wait list already, too. Uh, with So school got out just a few
1: weeks ago, and now you have 500 families enrolled in the program for the summer. Yep. And the summer program, if you want to explain that to our listening audience, it's a little bit different than the after-school program because you're able to help the students all day.
4: Absolutely. During the school year, we do before and after school care. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then during the summer, we extend our hours from uh, 7, 6 or 7 in the morning.
5: This summer, 7 a.m. to 6 p.m.
4: Wow, that's yep. long days. Mm-hmm. Real long. Um, but it's worth it. It helps the families get to work. And uh, like you were saying, we provide a lot of enrichment activities for the kids. Um, so it's, it's real beneficial for them.
1: So in a sense, you're providing a a summer long camp for Boys and Girls Club um, participants to not only enjoy the summer because there's a lot of need, but also to enhance their curriculum and and their teaching and everything, get them more prepared for the next school year.
4: Absolutely, like I said, we're we're focusing on literacy and uh, healthy lifestyles this summer. So we've got a few of our national programs running. We're going to do an intramural uh, soccer league, which we're really excited Boy, I like about.
1: Like that, that sounds like fun.
4: Yeah, and then triple play is one of our national programs as well that. Um, it kind of holistically approaches the health of, of the child. so
1: you, you can't do enough focus on that. And I was recently at the Chamber Coffee when you uh, Boys and Girls Club of South Central Tennessee hosted the Chamber Coffee. And I believe your students cooked the... the. Did they not cook the stuff that was... We
5: have a great culinary club okay. at our teen center. And so they'll have cooking classes, but we stepped it up over the last year. So the first, last summer was our first chopped teen center edition and they're about to do it again this summer and start next week but chef paul jensen from the dotted lime cranky yankee lime and loaf he's been amazing and we first we were going to bring in a try to bring in multiple different chefs or restaurant owners to work with the kids but he went above and beyond and committed four weeks of his time last year to do the chopped Competition with the kids, we had to have a different team compete every week since our kitchen is very small, but we brought in celebrity guest judges, some of them restaurant owners like Mr. Andy Marshall or Big Shakes of the new restaurant that just opened up here in town, but the... And Chef Paul has continued that partnership with us. And so now we're having quarterly culinary dinners where the kids are cooking dinners and then we're inviting in community members to get to see the program and see the kids in action. So they're making very, very delicious three-course meals that once a quarter so with cool. Chef Paul.
1: That is so cool. And I'll brag, I'm Chef Paul Jensen. Um, he was um, my roommate at Leadership Murray mm-hmm. in the class of 2020, and I got to know him and just a fantastic person. Large family. Um, I think he had um, more kids than I could imagine.
5: Yeah, he's very good at working with the kids in the kitchen.
1: Yeah, he had, uh, I want to say, a dozen kids or something like mm-hmm. that. And more power to him because I don't think I could come home every day after working and have to deal with uh, 12 kids when I got off work. So um, great job, Paul. And thank you for what you're doing for the Boys and Girls Club. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. And like I said, that culinary part of it, we have a great culinary um programs here at murray county public schools at our high schools and i believe there's even some going on at lower levels but they got kitchens our our coordinated school health leader laurie stanton has kitchenettes in most of our schools i think most of the middle schools and high schools now um so i love the culinary aspect of what you do at the club And I love eating, so, you know, it goes hand in hand, right?
5: (laughs) Yeah, so we try to do all kinds of different fun programs like that, and it's hard when we're introducing ourselves or when folks in the community are aware of Boys and Girls Club, it's hard for them to understand all the different things that we do because you could walk in one day and we're running an intramural soccer league or it could be a culinary club, and we're trying to expose our teens to not only just touch on their interests and make them want to come to the club and have fun but also exposing them to those different career options. and. What they can do in the future.
1: All right. So let's talk a little bit about um, the Boys and Girls Club of South Central Tennessee functions from a board of directors, correct? And how big is your board now? As I know when I was there, you were 15 or 20 strong.
5: Yeah, we're locally governed by our local board here. We do all of our own fundraising here, and even though we're part of a national organization, we're locally run and governed, but our board this year is 29 members.
1: Wow, 29 board members. That's that's a nice-sized board. And and the, and the thing about those 29 – go ahead.
3: How do you get 29 people to agree on anything? <laughs>
1: uh, can, uh, well, <laughs> I, I, majority vote, Patience. I guess. Um <laughs> But, we can
3: you know, we can we can get 12 and 15 people to get it,
1: it in sometimes the city. is difficult. <laughs> I agree with that. But you it's know It's
5: all for the kids. The kids make I was, was going
1: yeah, okay. to lean that way too. Lauren. I was going to say that because of the mission. The mission yeah. is a little bit different when you're talking about the boys and girls club mission and you know all these board members they bring so much to the table. Um, when, I, when I became a board member, I was actually the communications coordinator at General Motors, and I was on the grant team and everything, and I was able to help bring a lot of money that was ne- desperately needed during the growth period at Boys and Girls Club. So I find that the, the board of directors is impressive. What would our listening audience need to know if they wanted to help the Boys and Girls Club of Murray County? Uh, oh, I'm sorry, there. I said it. Boys and Girls Club of South Central Tennessee. Mm-hmm.
5: There are so many ways to get involved, of course. We're always looking for volunteers, and as we talked about, like Chef Paul just came in as a volunteer and made that whole program possible for our kids, and we can't do those kinds of extra things without our volunteers, and they bring their own expertise, passion, hobbies, and enhance what our staff are able to do. But as always, we're always fundraising, always in need of donations, and grateful for the amazing support we get from this community. We rely on a lot of different funding sources and rely very heavily on the donations from the community we're not funded completely by like a federal grant or anything we have to put on multiple events every year and multiple different fundraising efforts we get support from the city and county and a variety of different grants but we're excited to launch our first spring hill fundraising event this year because we historically our events even though we serve all of murray county and we're We want anyone and everyone to come to our events. They've been in Columbia, so we're going to have our first event in Spring Hill this month, actually. So we're calling it the Hero of the Year. We have six hero candidates right now, community members raising funds, and they're all competing for the title of Hero of the Year. Whoever wins or raises the most money will win that title, but we're going to celebrate them and come together on June 23rd at UAW Hall. Thursday evening, 6 to 8 p.m., and the kids are going to be there performing, sharing stories on stage. We have parents of club members who are going to speak, and then we're going to crown our hero of the year. So we're selling tickets to that right now. It's only $55 a person. There's going to be food, music, dancing. Like I said, you'll get to hear from the kids. They'll sit at your table with you and introduce themselves, which is always great to see and Tables are $500, so it's nine adults per table, and one kid, club kid, is going to sit at each table, and it's going to be a great time.
1: You guys do a great job with that because one of the things I remember from my very first meeting when I was inspired listening to Andy, Mar- Andy Marshall was we had all these people in the room. It was a packed house. Every table was full, and there was a, a child or a student at the table with us. But you did a great job of keeping the kids involved, and, and they seemed genuinely to be having a good time with us. And I thought that was kind of cool. I'm like, wow, where did they get these kids from? I mean, they package them in from some Hollywood place because they were like really into this. And it was so much fun. I'm so happy to hear about that fundraiser. And this goes along with your two main fundraisers per year, right? What are those?
5: So things have looked a little bit different post-COVID as it does for everyone in the world pretty much. But we now have one main event each year without the addition of the Spring Hill event, of course, but the Great Futures Gala is coming up in September. So we combined what used to be our Great Futures Luncheon with the kids on stage performing, sharing their stories. We added that to our dinner auction event and so now it's just one big celebration and this year is going to be september 16th so it's friday evening it's still got the auction and the cocktail hour live music we've added an after party so there'll be a dj and dancing but the kids are there at the event like they used to be at our great futures luncheon
1: wow that sounds amazing um it's reminiscent of what we did in the past well i'm being told we've got to take a break so we'll be back with the big yellow school bus after a word from our sponsors
0: Don't go away. Big Yellow School Bus with your host, Jack Cobb, with Murray County Public Schools. We'll be right back after these messages from our sponsors. Rubik's Groove is your premier outside-of-the-box 80s, 90s, and 2000s tribute band. See them in Columbia on June 18th at Antrim on Pulaski Pike. Gates open at 5 p.m., showtime at 7 p.m. Tickets are $40 and can be purchased at Eventbrite or at the gate. Food trucks and beverage tent on site. Proceeds benefit projects of the Columbia Noon Rotary Club.
6: Barry Rankin, your hometown grocer at Foodland, right here in Columbia, Tennessee, up on West 7th Street. How's it going, Barry? What's happening at Foodland this week? Uh, pretty good. It's like it's warming up. Got some good specials this week. We have T-bone steak for five sixty-nine dollars a pound. We have fresh ground beef, 73% lean for two seventy-nine. dollars We have Very fresh pork orange, whole boneless for $2.19 a pound. Has sirloin tip roast uh, for $3.99 a pound. Got a cabbage. 49 cents a pound, and we have Food Club Purified Drinking Water, three 24 packs for $10. These are among the specials that will be good at Foodland beginning today and going through close of business next Tuesday. Barry, talk about your days and hours. Okay, we're open seven days a week from 7 a.m. till 9 p.m. We will have another one coming up Father's Day weekend, so be sure to look at next week's paper to see what we have on sale. All right, Barry
3: Rankin, y'all have a great week up there at Foodland. This is Jim Ross, and you are listening to Front Porch Radio, WKOM 101.7, located in Columbia, Tennessee.
0: Welcome back. You're listening to the Big Yellow School Bus with your host, Jack Cobb with Murray County Public Schools.
1: Well, I'm going to start out this last segment of the Big Yellow School Bus with a shout-out to WKOM-FM 101.7 for hosting the Big Yellow School Bus with the help of Caledonian Financial. We are here with the Boys and Girls Club of South Central Tennessee, Lauren Laporte, who is the Chief Development Officer and Interim CEO, and Josh Campbell, who is the Chief Operating Officer and Interim CEO. Also with me today is Leslie Crawford, who is our newly appointed Director of Special Populations. By the way, congratulations, Leslie. Thank you. I think that's um, a great opportunity for you. I've come and visited over there in your offices numerous times and sat down and chatted with you. And when you were talking earlier about, on the beginning of the show, about all the things you do and the IEPs and, and everything, you... Definitely have a very clear understanding of everything that's involved with special populations.
2: Well, I, I owe the majority of that to Miss Ventura. <laughs> yeah,
1: she's uh, she's great, isn't she?
2: I had uh, I have big shoes to fill, and um, I have learned a lot from her. And the only reason that I feel a little confident <laughs> in this is is because of her and what she's invested. in.
1: Absolutely, me. and I'm sure because you work under the instruction department, Mr. Gaines. I and Miss Ventura didn't look take this lightly about who they were going to put in that position, you know, whether posting it or, or deciding to move somebody up, like you know, Lisa herself moved up into the superintendent role. So, uh, congratulations again to you. That's a, a great thing to happen, Josh. Man, appreciate you coming on board to to help out the 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 kids in Murray County. That's you know, traveling around the around the world, literally Hawaii, Michigan, Tennessee. Um, And you said some of it was due to your wife getting relocated and all that. So that's cool. Um, But the passion that is needed to direct things like a Boys and Girls Club, I can feel you have that. As as I know Lauren, I've known Lauren for a lot of years, and she seems quiet until you get to know her. And then once you get to know her, she just let right loose on you. She'll tell you all the good stuff she loves doing and how she's passionate about doing it. I'm curious, and I'm going to ask this. I know we don't have a lot of time in the last 10 minutes here. Um, why are, are you guys interim CEO and you guys are sharing the responsibility to make sure the organization still runs smoothly since Robin Peary, our former CEO of Boys and Girls Club of South Central Tennessee, was promoted to the regional
5: She's the Director of Organizational Development for the state of Tennessee, so she works for Boys and Girls Clubs of America, but she's overseeing 16 clubs across the state of Tennessee now, including ours, and she still lives here in Murray County because she gets to do that job remotely and then travel around to visit clubs, so we'll still be working closely with Robin as our DOD.
1: Shout out to Robin. Man, that's amazing. Um, She's came a long way um, in, in where she started and what she's doing now, became the CEO of the organization here and is now... Did they have a gentleman by the name of Chet?
5: Yes, she Chet retired and now she's in
1: Yeah, his when role. I was on the board and I was asked to chair the board, he was my go-to person for a lot of phone calls. "Hey Chet, what are, what are we going to be doing here and this that and the other?" So he was a great resource and I can only imagine that every board chair and every organization, you said 17?
5: 16, I believe.
1: 16 are reaching out to her on a regular so basis now she's
5: our liaison to the national office she, she'll be our cheerleader and for clubs across the state advocating for funding and helping those clubs across the state become stronger to see, serve even more kids in the great state of Tennessee
1: awesome 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 so I mentioned a shout out so I'm gonna go ahead and try to get all the shout outs in today so we don't run out of time so Leslie you are first up on the shout outs for the big L school bus today
2: I, I just want to give a huge shout out to um, the almost three hundred uh, employees uh, that that are employed under the special education umbrella. Um, they, um, it. it I, I don't want it to sound like a, just any other shout out. But I'm telling you, these are the hardest working people.
1: Oh, I in
2: I County Public Schools—they are Mike. Um, I bet you can
3: guess, echo that. Yes, uh, yes, I can agree. I uh, worked very closely with a couple. I was married to one. For, uh, <laughs> yes, yes. Oh, still married. Yeah. Okay, we're still happily <laughs> married. Okay. Don't say one. Uh,
1: <laughs> but anyway, that's a, that's absolutely a great shout out because they're so important for what we're doing for all these special population yeah. students that Amazing come to our team district. Amazing people. Yes. All right. Josh Campbell, do you have a shout-out today?
4: Yeah, and kind of in the same vein, I'd, I'd love to recognize our staff too because uh, our national organization, we've got about 128 different programs we can offer to kids, but without our, our staff willing to put in the hours and the time to learn them, we, we really can't be effective. So we have a, a beautiful, diverse, uh, fantastic team that really – Looks to put the safety of the kids first, but then also ensures that, that they're all having a good time, having fun and, and learning stuff too. So we've got a, a great team as well.
1: Awesome, awesome shout out, Josh. Thank you. Miss Laporte.
5: I'm gonna shout out our team as well and especially our frontline part time staff members. So kind of different from other youth-serving organizations. All of the people that are working with our kids every day are paid and trained professionals, so they've gone through extensive training around safety and program quality and all of the things we want them to know how to do. They're all first aid and CPR certified, so that is the big bulk of our organization is that frontline staff members, and we just had our annual all-staff training last week, so they went through even – Still further hours of training, spent days listening to us train about safety and how we can best serve the kids in our care. And now they're running five locations across Murray and Giles County, running 11-hour days for the next eight weeks this summer. So we couldn't do what we do without their dedication and their commitment to our kids.
1: That is a great shout-out. and It does take a lot of dedication. Josh, you Ed. to add? and
4: we're hiring. So if you're <laughs> yes, interested, we're <laughs> always <with> hiring
5: kids. <laughs> and it's a great great team. The mission is great and we all genuinely have fun coming to work and we work with kids, so we get to have fun and be silly at work.
1: Where can a, a person find your jobs board?
5: Our website bgcsctn.org. There's a careers page, the job application is there. Make sure you follow us on Facebook and you'll see our flyer there. We're starting at $12 an hour now, but we have additional program certifications they can go through certain trainings to become a expert in either academic success, good character, or healthy lifestyles and get additional pay increases based on those certifications.
1: Excellent. org. All right.
3: Well, that's a that's a mouthful. It
1: is. It is. It was used to be BGC Murray, right?
5: Yes, as the marketing person, I did have to more in the loss of our easy website yeah <laughs> now we've got all those letters all but. right we've
1: got a couple minutes left got,
3: yep you got a shout out coach i want to give a shout out to all of our support organizations uh that uh, that help with the kids uh, with the students after after before and after school during the summer and stuff especially to the you know the boys and girls club i was always knew about them as a peripheral as a coach especially during my off season when we were having to work indoors we'd have to kind of coordinate with them and kind of work around each other uh, but uh, that your your part-time staff uh, I want to hand it to them you know getting kids either trying to wake up in the morning or they're they've been in school all day they're done with school and then they got to you know keep keep a uh, keep a handle on them and keep them in. Inter- not entertain necessarily, but keep them engaged and stuff. They did a great job at the schools that I was involved with that, that I would see them. So, you know, and those are those are needed needed programs. The the old latchkey kid just doesn't work anymore in right. our society. And having support organizations to kind of take up that slack when the school shuts down, sends the kids, uh, you know, away from the classes. That that there's a, there's an organization out here that the kids enjoy going to. They get a lot of benefit from them. Now, you know, with y'all extending into the summer, uh, having those still, you know, so mom and dad still got to go to work in the summertime. So you know, what a those great are great. Shout out. Those are great, great help to us. We
1: so appreciate thank our man. community partners. And I, I might have talked over it. Lauren said, thank you. What a great shout out. My shout out is going to be to a dear friend, Miss Robin Peary, who was the CEO of Murray County or Boys and Girls Club of Murray County and South Central Tennessee. Um, what a great job you've been doing and what a great job you're going to do to continue to serve the the children of this county and the state. Well, that's it for this edition of the Big Yellow School Bus. Thank you for joining us. We'll be on the air Mondays at 4 p.m. and on the podcast at FrontPorchRadioTN.com. Have a great day.
0: Thank you for tuning in to the Big Yellow School Bus with your host, Jack Cobb, with Murray County Public Schools. Hop on the Big Yellow School Bus every Monday from 4 to 5 p.m. Right here on WKOM 101.7 FM.